Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It might not be time to celebrate for us Ben Johnson fans just yet, but it's not not time to celebrate. You have to go to Party City to get all the supplies. You know what I mean? Ben Johnson alert. We're closing in, people. The wait is almost over. Another day, another two hires in the NFL. I'm getting people on Twitter. They're going, why don't they just hire him already? Call on me over here. I'm raising my hand. Uh, Great. I don't know if you heard. Hmm. He's got a game this weekend. They, they can't even talk to him a second time yet. But you can't hire a guy who's still the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions, my friends. So they won't hire him next week either if they win on Sunday. But you'll know, more so than you know now, when the Seahawks make their hire, if they make their hire, and there's no more teams, and Ben Johnson hasn't been added by any of them, that Washington and Ben Johnson are looking like they might walk out to the dance floor together. Although that would be the, the biggest twist ever. Like I mean, this, that's an all-time swerve. The Seahawks hire Vrabel. And then Washington, like two days after the Super Bowl announces, they hired Dan Quinn. You know, we met with Dan Quinn 15 times over the course of, of three days. And we just decided that that's what we're going to do. Like, that's a Kaiser Soze level swerve right there. All right. So a couple angles here I want to go through before we get to our planned topic of talking about championship weekend. But... Breaking news just into the fan a few moments ago. The Atlanta Falcons and Raheem Morris. So that is opening number six closed. Gerard Mayo to the Patriots. That was an interesting one because they were the last team to fire their coach, move on from whatever you want to call it, with Bill Belichick. The last team. And they were the first team to hire because they already had the contract in place with Gerard Mayo. I do a show every weekend on BetQL and CBS Sports Radio. It's a national show. And the guy I do the show with, his name is Alex Gold. He's out of Kansas City. I want to know what you think about this. Gold thought it was weird and a bad precedent that they were able to just elevate Mayo immediately rather than go through an interviewing process. (laughs) Rooney rule otherwise. Now, it goes without saying, Gerard Mayo is a minority, so you, you don't have to satisfy the Rooney rule necessarily because you're quite literally hiring Uh, a minority, but he thought it was still strange in this league that, you know, we're talking about having these thorough processes and making sure you overturn every stone and interview. I don't have any problem with it because I think the, you know, the the, the process is not in place to make sure you do X number of interviews. Mm -hmm. It's just there there is a not enough minority head coaches. There's a, a league where you've got almost all of the coaches being white. They want to try to have more, uh, minority coaches, and one way that they're thinking to do this is to make sure that you're interviewing people. You might not know them or have a personal relationship, but it gives them a chance to come in the room and knock your socks off and prove they're the right guy for the job. So I have no problem whatsoever with Mayo being able to get 
like a college football level coach in waiting, no interview process. But obviously, you couldn't do that if it was Matt Patricia, right? That, no, it's, or Josh so McDaniels for so many th- years. Yeah, what do you think about the precedent of it, that? It, it's interesting, right? Because what's whether or not you agree with the premise, the accepted premise is we need more minority candidates to be considered, elevated, interviewed, get high profile roles that lead to head coaches, leads to uh, you know influential positions of power within organizations. That's the stated goal. Right? So if that's the stated goal, I've given you, I've reached that goal. Here's the outcome. Correct. I've given it to you. Leave me alone. The other side is what we want isn't necessarily the way I described it at first. We want more opportunity, more even shake, more people that wouldn't necessarily get in front of an owner or get in front of a GM to have opportunities. Then you failed there, even though you may have ended up on Gerard Mayo. In other words, there could have been seven other, uh, I don't know, I'm just, using a name, six other Gerard Mayos, guys that are recent former players that are excellent up-and-comers that are toiling away as a quality control something well, or other somewhere. my thought is, let's say they interview Aaron Glenn, D coordinator with the Lions. Aaron Glenn's probably better off on his second or third interview than his first, or his fourth interview than his second. Having gone through it. Yeah. And I just think that doing that interview benefits him. Because the GM that conducts it or the, the coaching firm that conducts it that they brought into New England might be helping the Jets find their guy next year when they fire Sala, or might be helping the Cowboys find their guy next year when they fire McCarthy. And so they're like, you know who I was really impressed by last year was that Aaron Glenn guy or, you know, that uh, <clears throat> that Thomas Brown guy from Carolina, the coordinator with the Panthers. Make sure that you bring him in. Being on radars him. more, yeah. So it, it helps in that regard. But at the same time, now I'm speaking for myself. I don't want to waste my time. If you know you're interviewing, uh, your your head coach is going to be Gerard Mayo. Don't interview me. Then it just becomes you're you're doing it to satisfy a requirement to mm-hmm. check a box. That it may help me. You know, my agent might be able to tell me you'll be better off for this. You're not going to get this job, but let's go go through the process. This will be good. You know, practice whatever. But I'm just thinking of my own business. Sure. Like if I know that CK is hiring someone else for a role that I want. And, and I walk in there kind of feeling that maybe you can make the case I'm better off doing it, but I don't like that. I, like, either consider me or don't, or leave me alone. So I, I'm conflicted, but I will say that while he thought it was weird and the league shouldn't just let a guy have a coach and waiting tag, that they should have to have some type of interview process, I have no problem with it. Because the league's goal, very they're, they're not beating around the bush. Yeah, here. they don't hide from this. This is the goal. We want more minority head coaches. I'm, I've got a minority head coach. I'm elevating. What's the point of? I don't need right. the process anymore. Right, and, and I think if that's, that, I think it's probably where I trend. Yeah, to be honest with you, I, I, I didn't even give, give it a thought until you, until you brought it up. Um, this was one of those we hadn't heard much about this. Like I, I hadn't, I don't know that. Not like I'm following New England sports religiously, but I hadn't heard the coach in waiting up here for so many years. It was always going to be Josh McDaniels who was waiting around well, for Belichick wasn't to go until away. Until he was hired immediately, that I think the reporters either found out. I don't know if it was signed contract or written, but basically mm-hmm. that Kraft had told him, "You're the guy when Bill leaves." I would imagine it was contractual, but I'm not sure, and I wouldn't have even thought that was allowed. But I don't have a problem with it if it satisfies the only requirements that are currently on the books, so to speak. Yeah, because the, the whole point of the requirement is to get that result, which I got. How about this? The Raiders take the interim tag off Antonio Pierce 
he becomes their head coach. A little bit of a theme there early in this hiring process with Mayo and Pierce, who are both kind of semi-recent linebackers. Here's what you got to say about Pierce. So I remember interviewing for the first time in the year 2001 at Dickinson College in Pennsylvania, Carlisle, Pennsylvania, at then Redskins training camp. He was an undrafted free agent out of Arizona, made the team, ended up being a really good player, excellent defensive leader in their locker room, went to New York. It was a mistake to let him walk. He ended up being 100%. a great starter and a good player for the Giants. Well, he took over the Raiders last year, and they were on a rocket ship. Now, it's not the, the hire I would make because, again, I'm, I'm not a, uh, a believer necessarily in the you know defensive head coach model because I think if you strike gold with your offensive coordinator, you're just entering into the abyss of running through those guys. Having said that, he earned that job. I don't think you can give someone an interim a tag, have them do as well as he did, and not promote them to head coach. What the hell's the point otherwise? What's the goal here? What are we trying to do? Everyone in the locker room bought in. The team went from being awful to super competitive. Your best players were basically telling you, if he's not the head coach, I don't want to play for you anymore. You didn't really have much of a choice anyway. But they interviewed. They did their due diligence. They talked to a few other candidates. And then they named Pierce the guy. Well earned to me. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's one of those things where you you hate the – well, let me let me back up and say this. If the Basaccia thing hadn't happened before in Vegas, where they had an interim head coach who dramatically outperformed his re- most recent predecessor and the players loved and everyone in the organization loved that they hadn't elevated, I don't know that they would have ended up here because, like, I don't know how much Mark Davis is going to learn or, or figure it out with foresight, but because that happened – and then you add everything, all the other ingredients in, as you said, like Devontae Adams, Max Crosby. Everyone's like, it's either him or we're leaving. You kind of put yourself into a box where it had to happen because sure. you made that mistake once before. And he's even been on record, I think, saying that that Passaccia thing was wrong. I-, I said this a couple weeks ago. I also think one of the reasons why the commander's brass did not fire Ron Rivera, and we know the main reasons why and how they wanted to be perceived and they wanted to do right by him and keep up with their word that they were going to give him the year, all those things. But I also think they didn't want to be boxed into the possibility of an interim coach showing something and momentum within the locker room with players, within fans, whatever it is. This guy's got to be the guy. Because they knew that that's a sugar high. You know, that that is I'm hungry and I'm eating a donut. Sustainably, though, that doesn't really work. Uh, they wanted to to do this process correctly and go get someone that might be a 15-year answer in the mold of how they want to build this thing. And I think that is a lesson in promoting from within. Now, if Antonio Pierce ends up being a tremendous head coach, then Davis will look smart and the Raiders will look awesome. But if that ends up two or three years from now looking like, man, that was a honeymoon period where they named him the head coach and it went sideways, just something to think about in terms of you didn't really get to control your search at all. Because the decision was made for you before it started by Mm -hmm. your own players, largely. Uh, Then we got into the part of the period where people in the building were not just elevated. And that started at the end of last week. Brian Callahan to the Titans. I think they're going to have a really hard time justifying that he's better than Mike Vrabel. Maybe I'm too high on Vrabel. And we don't know behind the scenes how bad it got between him and the GM they've now elevated into a presidential football ops role, Rand Carthen. But Vrabel, Vrabel has proven he can win in this league. Four straight years where they were a playoff caliber team, 
double-digit win type club, winning record. You're going with the complete unknown, Danny. Yep. Never called plays, Brian Callahan. He's an OC, has been for a few years with the Bengals. Zach Taylor does a lot of the you know, key work there, obviously. But they clearly buy into the trend and are believers in the same kind of gospel, I guess, that I am, which is a defensive leader of men is good, but a savant offensive mind could be great. And they're looking at the data of the last couple of decades going, we want what the Bengals got. We want what the 49ers and the Packers. Yeah, we want it where when Joe Burrow goes down and some guy named Browning comes in and he lights it up too. I, I want that. But, uh, and I get it. I think that the hiring of Callahan was a good hiring. That's the one spot, though, where I go, those are pretty big shoes to fill, man. Agreed. You got rid of a pretty damn good head coach for a guy that you have no idea if he's any good. Because we talk about quarterbacks being a crapshoot at the top of the draft. Head coaching hires are a crapshoot. I got a man crush on Ben Johnson. been talking about him for two months. I don't know if he's a good coach. I know he's a great offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. No idea if he'll be a good head coach. I just think hiring him is the hire you should make because those are the types of guys you should be hiring as often as you can. But that doesn't mean he's going to be great. Callahan might be terrible at this. You may go from Vrabel, who's a 7 out of 10, (laughs) to Callahan, who's a 2 out of 10. And that would look really, really bad for you. I mean, the the Vrabel question is the one that you brought up, right? Like, is sake of argument, I have no idea. But is he the guy that walks into uh, the owner's office and, and demands the GM is there too and goes, "I want out of the AJ Brown business. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that guy anymore. We better trade him." And I think Traylon Burks will be AJ Brown 2.0. Did he do that, or was he saddled with that? Was is is he the guy going? Let's just keep running this Tannehill thing back a million times over, and I want to hand the ball to Derrick Henry three hundred times a year, even though everybody that's run like him has fallen off a cliff at some point. I don't want to have a contingency plan. Let's run it back. Or were these bad GM decisions and he got saddled with it and got ticked off? I don't know. I don't know how much input he had on roster, on players. I don't know what he got right, what he got wrong. I just, I see that three-year run, really. I mean, they started 9-7 and seven kind of as a surprise all the way back in, in 2018. But that uh, team that beat Baltimore in 2019 and then back-to-back double-digit win seasons, pretty damned impressive. Winning 11, 12 games in, over a couple of years. Uh being fairly successful in the playoffs there, I don't know, man. Just seems to be one of those things where you shot him into the sun because you couldn't get along and went with this unbelievable unknown. Callahan might be unbelievable. He might be outstanding. But golly, is that a risk? Chargers, Jim Harbaugh last night. Really not many nits I can pick with this one. You hand Harbaugh Justin Herbert and weapons on offense and an early pick. They're in the top 10, right in the middle of the top 10. They, they could draft Brock Bowers. Can you imagine them adding him with Herbert in they that They should, offense? by the way. I would. That's exactly what they should do. Uh, I love that fit in the short term. I just think Harbaugh is the kind of guy that candle burns bright and burns out pretty quickly. He, he is a, a shooting star, so to speak. But hard to punch a hole through that. Panthers this morning and Dave Canales, the OC with the Tampa Bay Bucks. So Canales sits down in the Charlotte seat with Carolina before the music stopped playing. Only thing that was interesting to me there, and most people think I'm crazy and I get I'm in the minority, I think I would have bet on myself and said no thank you. Canales only interviewed with the Panthers. Not one other team of the other seven even interviewed him, which I didn't understand. He made Geno Smith look like a pro bowler last year, and he just delivered the best year of Baker Mayfield's career this season. He's a quarterback whisperer. He's 42. 
I don't understand why other teams didn't want to talk to him. But obviously, he blew Carolina away in that meeting, and I thought he would. He is a great. You ever watch a press conference of his? You'll be blown away. Mm-hmm. Just a great orator, great talker, uh, dude. Chiseled guy. He's got like the big wrestler neck, and uh, I'm not surprised that he walks into a room and everyone goes, "We need this." Well, that's impressive. But I view them as the reverse car wash that Washington was with Snyder, and I think you take that job, you never get another one. It's it. I don't want to say Jay Gruden, but you go there, Mike Shanahan. After that, what what are you doing? You know, you're you're trying to help Kyle basically at, at that point. Unless Tepper has learned his lesson and butts out. I hate that gig for him, but the flip side is maybe he thinks, I only got one interview this time. If Baker Mayfield regresses next year, I'm not going to get any interviews. They're offering me five years and $30 million. It's fully guaranteed, by the way. I set myself and my family up forever. Worst case scenario, this goes really badly. I made $30 million and I become an OC making a few million a year. After this, I got one of 32 jobs on the planet. I just would have pulled a Ben Johnson and waited a year. That's really easy for me to say sitting here. Yeah, I get it. Especially doing two reclamation projects like he did over the last two seasons, taking Geno Smith and then taking Baker Mayfield. I'm kind of going, I don't want that to be my lot in life. I don't want to have to be dependent on a broken fourth team in four years quarterback to play okay, and then then I get my looks. His lot in life now is fixing Price Young. His lot in life now is five years guaranteed at at a whole bunch of money. 30 mil probably. And and that's kind of where I'm at is – and, and the other part of this thing, they're not wired like you and I are. Talking about pro athletes, pro coaches, pro everybody. Well, they all think they'll they, figure it out. They they fully believe. It's not like one of those things where like you listen to a self-help book or, or follow some hot person on Instagram that tells you to believe in yourself. They legit do to the point that it's irrational. Like Robert Griffin III right now still thinks he can play in the NFL. Like he really believes that teams should be calling him to run their stuff, even like teams that are left in the postseason. Like that irrational confidence takes you a long way. Falcons and Raheem Morris. That one came down within the last half hour. Good for Raheem, who had a job when he was barely 30 years old with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Ended up getting them to the playoffs in one of the seasons that he was there with Tampa Bay as the head coach from 09 to 11, a three-year run. It did go badly in the third year. Wheels came off the wagon, and he's had to go through the reclamation since, right? Starting with coming to Washington in 2012. He was on that pretty epic staff we always talk about as the DB's coach under Mike Shanahan, then he was in Atlanta on both sides of the ball, and eventually the D.C. of the Rams here over the last couple of years. And he's had Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Les Snead, and others grinding for him here to to try to tell anyone who would listen, help this guy get a job. He, he will make you look good. He deserves it. And the Falcons and Raheem Morris agreed on a deal this evening, a player's coach, a guy that um, anyone in the building that's ever been around him loves. He's just got this very positive exuberance and an infectious personality. Uh, even with the media, I still remember being at practice over and over again. And got that big smile and mm-hmm. he comes over jawing at you. He's just a funny guy. Yeah. Really entertaining, really nice. Um, but players love him. Saw Jalen Ramsey, I'm sure, this past week come out and say, this isn't tampering or anything, but every player that has ever played with him will want to go there. Like Anyone that's not with him anymore will want to get back with him. Ramsey, of course, is with the Miami Dolphins now. Um, so that leaves just the Commanders and the Seahawks. What's funny is, I think if you asked me who was Washington's top four when this started, I would say Ben Johnson. Bobby ben Johnson alert. Actually scared me for some reason. We've been doing that you for jumped a month. You jumped at you? Yeah. That one actually, like, I don't even know why. It sounded like someone was spraying gasoline on you or something. Why no. did you jump like that? I don't know. But that 
literally took me aback. And I kind of. Did you see him jump, Darius? His shoulders went up a the full two inches. time we've done that. Yeah. Ah. Um, so you got Ben Johnson, number one. Bobby Slowick, number two. Mike McDonald, McDonald, maybe third. And Dan Quinn, fourth. And all four of those guys are still there for them to just interview 11 more times. And you get as many Dan Quinn interviews as you want, apparently. Doing that a lot. Seahawks, he might be the favorite out there. Well, he's, he's got to talk to Josh Harris three more times before he goes to Seattle. It's true. All signs pointing toward my guy, Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson alert. That one didn't scare me. You were you because you were looking at Darius. Yeah. You knew it was coming. Something was weird about that first one. I don't know. You, you know what it was? Darius was so quick. He was. He was so quick on it because you were doing a you were doing a this person, this person, this person, this person with, with like a comma, but like reading them quick. You went Ben Johnson, bam, it hit you. What would make for the best Super Bowl matchup? We'll get to that next on Grant and Danny. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We've got a pair of tickets we are giving away to the 106.7 The Fan Team 980 live event at 6 o'clock. We're doing that in 30 minutes when Mark Schlereth joins the show here on Grant and Danny. Danny, we are four days away from Championship Sunday. So let's go through the matchups here. I want to know what you think would be the best Super Bowl game and then what Super Bowl game you're rooting for if the answer is different. Game one, AFC title game. Chiefs at the Ravens, 3 o'clock kickoff. The question I have about Kansas City is, is this Chiefs offense actually better? It's looked like it the last couple weeks. Recently they've been good, Ascending, yeah. improving. Or are they just playing bad defenses? Miami didn't have any defensive ends. They were literally signing 34- and 38-year-old defensive ends that were out of football. I think you caught Miami at a good time. You were able to move the football, do what you wanted with them. Fast forward to this past week against Buffalo. 
They ran out of linebackers, man. Not a bit. Like, they didn't have any more linebackers. They were just having guys play linebacker, basically. I think the Chiefs have benefited from good fortune playing the two most banged-up defenses in the sport each of the last two weeks. Now you enter Mike McDonald's Baltimore Ravens, the number one defense in the National Football League, one of the great statistical defenses of the last several years in this sport. You're going to be without a starting guard on the interior where they've got a D-tackle who had double-digit sacks as an all-pro. Do not love the matchup for Kansas City's offense in this game against Baltimore's defense in game one. I think it's a, a, a good sort of lead in here uh, to how this game may or may not go. I mean, this really to me is if Kansas City's defense, because I don't think they look particularly great against Buffalo. Part of that is Josh Allen just being superhero Josh Allen at times. But if you can slow down Baltimore enough where they go a couple empty drives and muck this game up a little bit and get into a rock fight, especially on the road, maybe you got a chance, which doesn't sound like the Kansas City Chiefs, does it? You're basically like you want as many possessions as possible because you're going to break one to Tyree Kill at some point. That chip has sailed. This is not who this group is. Yeah, this is not your older brother's Chiefs of the last several years. A little more defense, a little more run game, a little less explosiveness this season. All right, NFC title game, 6.30 local time. The Detroit Lions, three seed at the first seeded San Francisco 49ers. We are waiting word on Debo Samuel. Will he play? When he plays, the Niners are a juggernaut. On the season with Debo playing a full game, they are 12-1. and one. When he has missed some of or all of a game, they have played five games and they've won just once. It was this past week against the Packers. They were 0-4 before that. They were 1-4 against the spread. That is a big factor here. The Lions offensive line presumably will be able to run the football on San Francisco. You saw Green Bay. They went right at Chase Young. Mm -hmm. They just shoved the ball down the Niners' throat. Little pin and pull pitch game to the outside. Ran a bunch of outside zone as well. It was a really successful plan by Matt LaFleur. The Packers do some of those things better than Green Bay does. So I think they'll be able to run the ball, possess the football against San Francisco. Can the Niners protect the football when they have it? Can they make some explosives in the passing game? Is Brock Purdy going to bounce back? Maybe it was the weather, but he stunk last week. He was bad, yeah. Almost cost them dearly some of the themes of game number two. If it's not raining, I feel a lot better about the Niners' chances, especially to move the ball through the air. It's not supposed to be. Last I saw Debo Samuel limited on the side, but still actively doing stuff at practice. So Was he limited today? said he was limited today. Or okay. I saw a report that he was planning on being limited, or they were planning on that, so I haven't seen an update there. Um, but again, that's trending towards playing again. I don't know what impact he's going to have. It could just be decoy city, honestly. But even his presence makes you have to account for it, so it's all hands on deck here. I'm a bigger fan of Debo Samuel than decoy Samuel. I agree to that. D-boy, D-boy. Oh, now, now it's in my head here. D-boy, who's a little bit of both That's of both. He can, he can be a decoy and be D-boy. That's the best D-boy. version of Good him. Lord, I can't talk. All right, so here's the, the, the question then. I want to know who you're rooting for. Danny Ruye gets to pick his Super Bowl matchup. This is what you want to sit down on Super Sunday, eat your food, watch the game. Who's playing who? It's a little boring, and I apologize for it. But give me Ravens and give me 49ers. That's what I want. It's a little chalky. They're the one seeds who everybody has been kind of riding the bandwagons of all season long. Here's my rationale. Number one, Chiefs, thank you. I'm good. I've had enough. You guys are great. This is unbelievable. You're in the AFC title game again with the worst team that you've ever had in the Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid era. Enough. I want somebody else. I'd love uh, for some of the, the, the doubters of Lamar Jackson to have been proven incorrect. MVP in a Super Bowl in a year that everybody said, yeah, but uh, I don't know. You have to make him throw the ball. Love for him to win a Super Bowl. That'd be fun. Uh, on the other side, I've had enough of this Lions thing. 
I'm good on the Lions. How have you had enough of the Lions? They've waited 30 years for this. I know. It's not, it's, they haven't even gotten there yet. You're already tired of it's it. Not even the fan, I'm not sick of the fans. The fans I feel for. The fans are amazing. The fans in that Barry Sanders documentary, they're the same fans cheering for this Lions team yeah, so now. who are you sick of exactly? I need when guys are kind of goofballs and not good to get to that. I need, I need the water to settle. Right now, the water level is too high on the golf campbell tandem. Really? I need that to end. So let's just let's put our chest out and let's okay. let's call it what it is. You hate Dan Campbell. I don't hate him. And you hate Jared Goff. I don't hate either one. You hate, don't like either. I correctively root against both. I correctively assess what Jared Goff is, and I just can't get on board with the Dan Campbell thing. This has been fun. It's cool. I predicted 49ers Ravens. Uh, at one point, like the middle of the year, I'm like, look at these two teams on the collision course. I think the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. I was on record with that. I just, I'm I'm good on, on Detroit. I've, I've had enough. Okay. I also want Ben Johnson to be named immediately. So the sooner they lose, the better. Gotcha. Uh, the game that I want in the Super Bowl, weirdly, is Chiefs 49ers again. We just saw it a few years ago. I, I don't know how to explain this. I'm not over, and I'm not tired of Patrick Mahomes yet. I know it's every year. I know it's constant. I kind of love the Chiefs. I don't know why. I like Andy Reid. I like Patrick Mahomes. I like Travis Kelsey. I love Isaiah Pacheco. Like I like this team a lot. Now, what Baltimore's done is amazing. I'll be thrilled for John Harbaugh. Seems like a really good dude. Lamar Jackson seems eminently likable. Like I don't have any problem with the Ravens. Geographically, I find the whole thing a little bit annoying that here I am in D.C. and my team's terrible, and there you are in Baltimore, like 26 minutes away, and your team's the best. But I can separate that. Like, I don't root against the Ravens ever. I, I root for good organizations. They're a good one. I just think another Super Bowl buildup where we're talking about a dynasty, where we're talking about Mahomes is this age and has been to this many and has a chance to have one this m- I think that's cool. He's chasing Tom Brady already. We said we'll never see this again. And he's already, while well, like doing it better. It's like already happening. Putting up more numbers and just better at it is is and way less lucky with a horse show up his ass way less. It's like already chasing him down. So like for all those reasons, I'm enjoying this thoroughly. And then on the other side, Kyle Shanahan, man. It's your time, buddy. Go get yours. I had to deal with so many dummies for so long when he was here telling me he just has a job because of his dad. Or or some other stupid thing. And then he went to Atlanta. First of all, he went to Cleveland. Had to go there. He did have to go to Cleveland. That's that tough. sucked. Like, made Brian Hoyer tolerable. Then he went to Atlanta. Matt Ryan MVP gets him to the Super Bowl. He's the only reason they're in the Super Bowl. The only reason they're up by 25 points. And everyone blames him for them losing the Super Bowl. This is this is his career. Then he goes to San Francisco. He gets Jimmy freaking Garoppolo to a Super Bowl. They're up by a touchdown, and Garoppolo misses a wide-open guy in the end zone. And Kyle gets blamed for them not winning that game, too. The same dumb people are still saying the same dumb things. So I, I would just love for him to get to be on a, a float at a parade, win his Lombardi. Those who know, know. Like, you just have to watch football and see he's the best at this in a lot of ways. But uh, it would be sure nice if he had the Super Bowl to go along with it. So I, I root for him and have since he was here in D.C. and I was covering him. Uh, I make no bones about that. So that's Chiefs 49ers would be my ideal fun matchup. I'm surprised neither one of us had Detroit, but I get your your Kyle proclivity in the 49ers, yeah. Yeah, if it was Lions Packers, well, see, I'm, That'd a, be big, tough. I'm a big Matt Lafleur guy. <laughs> the Packers uh, would be tough. All right, pick another team that isn't coached by Lions someone. Bears. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> if it's Lions Bears, I would want the Lions to. Win. There we go. But it's not Lions. Bears. It's not. No, 
So here's my prediction. Well, not even a prediction. Here is what I think would be the best game. I think it's your game, man. The best team in the AFC and the best team in the NFC. And the Ravens shoved it on the Niners when they played, and I think would be a favorite, and people would assume they'll do it again. And I like my chances to have Kyle to watch that film and draw something up and see what's what. Now, if Brock Purdy falls on his face and throws four picks again, well, that's all she wrote, yeah. It may not have much of a chance, but I do think that'd be a hell of a game. I do too. I think the two best teams. And I know that sounds overly simplified, but that at the end of the day is kind of what we're, the whole tournament's supposed to be about, right? That's what that's why they play regular seasons. It's why they seed things. It's why they have this whole deal. And it's cool sometimes when you have a fluky six seed or a seven seed, not unlike the Ravens in 2012 or whatever. That's neat. But at some point, how about the teams that are historically great DVOA wise? That are some of the two of the you know 25 best teams ever put together. Wouldn't it be cool if they met in the Super Bowl? Josh Harris fan club on Twitter just hit me up. Says, yes, GP, our boy Funny Danny hates Dan Campbell. I believe it boils down to jealousy. He is jealous he's not our coach, and jealous he is the more popular Dan. How dare you? Would love to hear your thoughts. How dare you, sir? I actually hadn't considered the Dan part. I think you're on to something. You also hated Dan Snyder. There is some correlation there. Hmm, That's interesting. But I don't hate Dan Campbell. I just ha- you just I, can't say that. It's easy to say. I don't. I don't hate the guy. I don't yeah, hate him at all. You just never say anything positive. Always say things that are negative about a guy you don't hate. Right. Like I hate Dan Snyder. You I hate, think you hate Dan Aykroyd. I don't. You hate Daniel Day Lewis. No. You're always talking trash about Dan Marino. What? I know. I, Daniel Ratcliffe was your least favorite. Well, person. that's true. That son of a. No, I'm kidding. What are you talking about? Listen, you this isn't say, fair. The other day you told me Daniel Craig was the worst James Bond character. Oh, how dare you? You said Danny DeVito's an overrated comedic actor. I just realized. I root against Daniel LaRusso and the Karate Kid. No. You said Danny Glover shouldn't have been an angel in the outfield, ruined Riggs. the movie. That's what you Riggs. said. I'm too old, Riggs. I'm older than Riggs was in the movie, by the way. Then uh, Danny Glover's at- character in Lethal Weapon, when he tells Riggs that he's too old, I'm older than he was. You know when we should have known, Dan- uh, Darius? When he said he wasn't a Danny Manning guy. That's when we should have known. Oh, for God's sakes. It's a Danny thing for you, You're besmir- I love Danny Tartable still, to this day. You're besmirching childhood heroes now. You can't do that. I hate Dan Snyder, yes. That's the end of it. And? I, I never understood why you hated Danny Woodhead. He was just a good player. Yeah, it was a little annoying. I believe what, what he said was, and I don't remember exactly, he doesn't provide the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. And I, I should have known right then and there. I mean. I should have known. It's the, it's, you know what hurts the most? The lying. It's the lying. That's what hurts. So two questions for you guys. We're opening up the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Got a little time next before we're joined by Mark Schlereth at the top of the hour. So we'll hear from you. The question is, what Super Bowl matchup are you rooting for? And if it's different, which Super Bowl matchup would actually be the best football game? We're G&D. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I think it just comes from the guys before me. I mean, Alex Smith is the prime example. I mean, he was playing great football at top level, and he was teaching me at the same time. Um, and it's it's about just trying to make everybody better. Um, everybody, we want to win every single week. That's just how it is in the NFL. Um, but you, you're not going to. Um, so all you can do is get better each and every week, win or loss. Um, and the guys did that, and that's why we're, we're sitting in this football game now, and we're going to try to do our best to try to win this game and get better uh, for the Super Bowl after this. <laughs> You guys got a lot of really good players, obviously, but maybe. Oh, thank you. What's that? I said thank you. You're welcome. Maybe that viewed though as the superstars, like the 49ers. All right, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, guys like St. Brown getting you. Yep, St. Brown was first team All Pro, so. Right, right. Um, So was Panay. (laughs) Sorry, continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was the Jared Goff clip we were talking about yesterday. Where the guy starts his question. You guys have some good players. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you guys aren't superstars like the 49ers. I take that back. <laughs> so good. It's a great line. What a great exchange. Who do you want playing in the Super Bowl? I'm rooting for a Kansas City-San Francisco rematch. But I do think Ravens 49ers would make the best game. That's partly why I'm rooting for that. Um Combine it with with all the rest of the factors. I, I, that's really what I'm in here for, right? I have no dogs in the fight. There's not no team I'm rooting for or against, really specifically. I want to I want the best game. I think the two best teams being on a collision course could be fun. Let's go to David in Fairfax. Wants to hop in on Grant and Danny. Hey, Dave, how are you? Great. How are you? Hey, really love your show and congrats on ten years. Hey, thanks, bud. Awesome of you to say. Thank you. You're welcome. So, so I I love the San Francisco KC rematch. I love that, but I have to go with Detroit and Kansas City for this reason. Anytime you can get a team in that game that's never been there, I got to see that. And and for them, then the Lions to to win and take down the defending champ, that would be enormous. I'll put another spin on this. I don't hear anyone talking about this. Detroit, Cleveland, never been to the Super Bowl, along with Buffalo, they all share the border with Lake Erie. People talk about lake effect snow. I'm talking about Lake Erie effect on the NFL. <laughs> and, if, and if one of those teams ever wins, their ring better have some reference to Lake Erie in it. So, I had not connected those dots or that lake, as it were. I but thought of that. Very, very interesting. Uh, look, we should all probably be rooting for the Lions. I mean, how could anyone not be rooting for Detroit? Just think about that fan base. What they have been through. What they have waited through while they've waited for this moment. You go back to when Washington last won an NFC championship game. That is a date, everyone around here, a day that everyone can remember if you're old enough. They beat the Lions. They haven't been back since. Detroit, man. I happen to to have my own biases here. I'm I'm a big Kyle guy, and I got to root for him. But as I said, pretty much anyone else in the field, I think I probably would have rooted 
for Detroit. Saw a graphic that said, according to the country, like a like a Twitter heat map, they did some reverse you know analysis of that. I'm sure it was all blue. Seventy five percent of the country is rooting for Detroit. As well, they should be, man. I mean, it. With all due respect to my guy Kyle and some of the people that are, are you know, really good and deserving that don't have rings with the Niners, they got to the Super Bowl just a few years ago. Now they haven't won one in a long time either, obviously, but they've been to two. If you count the Hardball year where they played the Ravens and the lights went out in New Orleans, and since I was in high school, they've, they've been to two. The Lions, they're just trying to get to one. Would love to be there one time. Tim in Tony Town, what is that? Good evening. Uh, Where are I you? I would say that for the Super Bowl, I, I think it's going to be, uh, I'd like to have Baltimore and San Francisco. But I'm thinking, too, that Baltimore and Kansas City really will be the best game. I think the Super Bowl will be a letdown compared to Kansas City and Baltimore. But I will say, if it's Baltimore and San Francisco, my biggest fear is that Chase Young will be the MVP. <laughs> and... Uh, He'll chase, he'll chase Lamar Jackson all around the field. That would be pretty amazing. That would be a, a big departure from, from what we've seen here lately. Well, the second part is true. He will be chasing Lamar Jackson a lot. Yes. Be a lot uh, of trailing. Where is Tony Town? Tony Town. Tony Town? I'm eight miles south of Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm up in Carroll County. Okay. Are you on a landline? So, uh, Tony Town's a small, small town, uh, a little bit northwest of Emmitsburg. Uh, northeast of Emmitsburg and northwest of uh, Westminster. So you're listening on the Odyssey app? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And are you on a landline yeah. phone? You sound silly. You sound crystal clear. Well, um, I am on, on landline, yes, but I do listen on the Odyssey. Uh, 106.7 does not come in up, up here, but 980 does uh, during the daytime. Does it really? Wow. That's pretty stunning because 980 doesn't come in here very often. So well, you're like when I, I'm pulling I into the parking nine, garage, I can't get it. I I, I think a uh, 980 comes in pretty darn well, but oh. I listen to the Odyssey for 1067. We love well, to hear it. You're a sweet man. Thank you. We appreciate you. I I've, I've been up there by the way. I didn't really. That's like baseball tournament country. You know where it's like, oh, you have a tournament in Maryland this weekend. Where is it? Tawny Town. Where's that? And you look it up and you go, oh my god. Is it is it Tawny? Yeah, they they like like Punxsutawney. Yeah, Bill? they say like almost like Tawny Katane, like Tawny Town. Hmm. I think. Who does Mark Schlereth think would make the best Super Bowl matchup? We'll ask him next. Plus, we've got a pair of tickets to our special event next Friday night on stage. Next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.